you guys are here, you're working, you're working different types of buyers. I wanted to talk a little bit about first-time home buyers. One piece of advice, what would it be? Welcome everyone to the Cassandra Properties Podcast. Uh, we're having a boatload of fun here, folks. Uh, it's really been a great experience. We're getting great feedback, so please keep it coming. Today, we are joined by three rock stars in their own uh, development and in their own way. A very diverse group. These are some of the agents over here, my family at Cassandra Properties. Um, they all came on in a different way and in a very different time. We're joined by Celia Iaversi. We are joined by Frank and Ariana DiMattina. How are we doing, guys? Great. Good. Good to see everybody. Yeah, are we nervous? A little. A little? That's all right. We're going to rip right really. through this. Yeah, Frankie's got Frankie it. Does. Frankie doesn't <laughs> rattle. He loves this. He's ready to roll. It's right so up. we're going to talk about a couple of things today, right? We want to, as we always do, talk about the history and how, you know, we all became who we are. And then we want to talk a little bit about market stats and where we think this thing is headed. I know we're all kind of coroned out, but it's important that we continue to talk about it because... Being on the inside, we take for granted, you know, the knowledge that we've developed over the years, and it's important for the consumer to hear it. So I wanted to start with Ariana and Frankie. Uh, give us some background. Where did you guys grow up? Are you originally from Staten Island? Yes, we're originally from Staten Island. Our parents are from Brooklyn, Bensonhurst and Dykers. Benson and Dyker. Yes. All right. So you you were both born here? Yes. Yes, we're both born here. We're and raised. And you guys, uh, as kids, any sports in the family? Did you guys play sports? Frankie. Yes, I was a I was a big sports guy. I played everything, mostly, mostly football and basketball. But me and my friends, we played everything. Did you play up. organized or just like street ball? Or? Yes, yes, we played organized. We played on the on the street, the parking lot, anywhere, really anywhere. <laughs> we were never in the house growing up. We were always outside playing sports. So. Um, it's interesting how that's changed over the years, and you guys are a lot younger than I am, but it was, when I was a kid, it was the same thing. You came home, you dropped your book bag, mm -hmm. right? And, and that was it, Seal. We were out, and we were playing <laughs> all hours of the night, and today you don't get that. No. Today it's... No, it's a lot of technology today. Tech and scheduled play dates. Yeah. yeah. You, you see little kids with iPads, iPhones. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, addicted to it, yeah. It's crazy. I, my son is, how old is he, 12 now? I think he's 12 years old now and like he's coding and he's doing all sorts of stuff that oh it's good right i guess it's good but it's it's just a different world it, it for sure is a different world you know growing up again we stayed outside until 12 o'clock yeah. one o'clock a.m playing manhunt manhunt oh my <laughs> god wow you're taking me back <laughs> way back good times man definitely so ariana how about you were you into sports or dance or what did yeah, you do i did dance for years and uh when i went to high school i cheered you cheered yeah and you this was something was it like a passion for you or was it just something that you kind of did and dance was for you know a few years but i guess i uh or is it like the working type and whatnot? Yeah, as we get older, yeah. these things have a way of they drift. getting away from us. Yeah. What about influences as kids? Like, who were your inspirations? Um, more like uh, inspiration, like always, I guess, my dad, because he, you know, works so hard. That's and a great yeah. answer. That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. Not think I would, of someone else. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say my dad or 
maybe somebody in like the sports industry, but mostly my dad. Cause he definitely taught, and I can't forget my mom too. My mom. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. Mama's boy. Yeah, they definitely taught us how to work hard. You know, this this is why we are here today because you know they taught us to work hard and you know, just, yeah, just stay in the grind. So I was going to get to this a little bit later, but mm -hmm. there's a, a pretty famous business in the family. <laughs> right? Yes. Let's talk a little about it. Yes. So Ariana's Ariana's catering hall. Where'd that name come from, Ariana? <laughs> Firstborn. <laughs> yeah, so my parents been in the business for over twenty years. We started off in uh, New York Lane. Mm -hmm. My dad always his family was in the food business. Um Mark Franks and Wall Street. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, his family owned that. So he was always into the food industry. And uh, once they came to Staten Island, he and my mom eventually opened up a catering hall in New York Lane. And now today they um, are in the South Shore of Staten Island, 60 Southbridge Street, and I don't know about that address. <laughs> 4264 Arthur Kill Road. Yeah, so we have, yeah two, two in uh, Staten Island and one in Woodbridge, New Jersey. So the work ethic's been in the family, and it's clear. I have to say, Absolutely. Celia um, had introduced me to the dynamic duo originally, and uh, I, I was taken aback by the... I was a little inspired, actually, to see both of you. First of all, the, the sibling thing, it, do you, do you, did you always get along? Was uh, that? I don't, I don't, not, not really. A little bit. Well, he we was had, always more into sports and whatnot. And yeah. And I'm the only boy in the house besides my dad. Even we, even our dogs are, are girls. <laughs> <laughs> the girls take over, not yeah, my family. So they, no, they always did their own thing. I did my thing with my friends, sports, all of that. And um, yeah, I mean, but we have our days. We we get we get along, especially yep. now. There's know, a bond that's very clear. 100%. Yeah. I mean, when I sat with the two of you, it was very genuine, very unique, mm -hmm. and it was what had, you know, really drawn me to the two of you. There was, you could see the family theme was really prevalent in the discussion, and just like it rang through now to hear that your dad was and your mom, you know, your greatest influences and inspirations as kids. Right, yeah. You don't hear that very often, often, believe it not, or not. Not often, but we try to keep it, you know, together and tight. That's great. That's really great. So, um... As you guys got into the business, you know, was was there ever a, a point when you f you felt discouraged or you kind of felt like uh, maybe this isn't for me or did you know did it click right away? Let's talk through that a little bit. You could, you could answer that, Ariana. You could go <laughs> first. <laughs> um, well, a lot of times, you know, you get that feeling as a realtor, especially young, that you know it may not be for you, and um, you know deals fall apart, yep. and you know. A lot of people, you know, in the business, they may not be, you know, loyal or whatnot, but I feel like you just have to really, you know, look past that yep. and see the other, like, great experiences that there are in real estate and all the amazing people that they are and look past, you know, other people. Because in, wor in work, there's, you know, good times and in bad times, so no, nothing's going to be a perfect job, but it doesn't feel like work to me, so that's why I, uh, you know, stuck with it, and I'm going to continue to. Yeah, for sure. So that... It People say, you know, there's the expression, if you if you love what you do, you know, at work, at work you life, don't yeah. work a day in your life. And you had said that to me recently, yeah. and it stuck with me because it, it's so true. Mm -hmm. If you have a passion and a fire for what you're doing, it really, it doesn't feel like work. And of course, there's those challenges where, you know, people don't understand how difficult this business 
can be. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the amount of energy and effort that a good agent puts into every buyer and every seller and every tenant. From start to finish, definitely. It's enormous. Yeah. It's an enormous amount of energy. And, you know, the phones ring constantly. Thank God we've been blessed in that way. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly, you know, trying to provide that same level of service to every client. And it's hard. It's disappointing. And, you know, you have those those moments where you're like, I put everything into this client. Mm-hmm. I did everything the right way. I busted my hump for them. And there wasn't that sense of loyalty. Um, but it's in those times that we get measured, right? It's how you handle that next call, that next client, mm-hmm. that next prospect that really defines you. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, real estate clients are um, a little bit, you know, past just clients and they become, you know, a friendship. And after, you know, finding them their first home or whatnot, you know, they're, they're having children, they're, you know, yep. newly married and sending them gifts and keeping in touch. I think social media is really big also, you know, always commenting on their posts and checking in with them from time to time. So they don't, so they don't forget you and they don't, you know. Relationships yeah, over transactions. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I didn't give credit to that um, when I first started deploying my social media strategy. And we had uh, J-Man on mm-hmm. not too long ago. And, you know, part of my frustration was, I'm giving some really good advice. Like I've predicted some cycles in the markets and I've been spot on with a lot of things that have happened and they don't get the traction that you would think that they would, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, these are mega investments. This is really important stuff. And J-Man had uh, conveyed to me, all the advice in the world means nothing if they can't identify with who you are as a person. Right, right. I agree. So taking the time on social media to connect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's been one of my shortfalls is I have not connected the way that I should have. It's been business, 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 business. Yeah. And that's been a major hole in my game uh, from day one and something that I'm, I'm working very hard on. And in fact, um, because of a conversation we had a few days ago, uh, I, I kind of peeled it back a little bit and I spoke to my business coach. Um, I always have to give him a shout out, Chad Reyes over at Lions Pride, because he's done wonders for me and for the company. And he had explained to me that you're not connecting the way you need to connect. So you have these people that are working with you and it's not enough to be at the head of the, the ship. You have to slow it down. You have to get more engaged. So we're doing the book club here. We're going to do the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. But also after 22 years in the business, I am taking the time to write down a really advanced curriculum. And uh, uh, we're going to deploy a course here at Cassandra Properties that I'm going to personally do with every agent. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to do breakout sessions. We're going to do one-on-one and I'm going to take the 20 some odd years of knowledge that I've had kind of rattling around in my head and I haven't slowed it down the way I should. So in large part, because of that conversation and because of your candor at your behest, Celia, (laughs) I am going to deploy that in the company. So I'm super excited for it. I'm super excited to slow it down and to work with you guys one-on-one and the rest of the team. And uh, in the vein of connecting, thank you. Thank you, and thanks, Cecilia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Cecilia's been a great mentor, too. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah, we're going to get to Celia in a minute. Me and Celia <laughs> have a great. little bit of a history, us two. <laughs> One thing I am going to say, when it gets tough, always take the high road. Yeah. Like I had a situation where it could have gone another way, but I did take the high road. And when you do take the high road in this business, believe me, it just comes back tenfold. It does. It does. And it's, it's hard to do because, again, you... You're working so hard and you you feel like there's this personal stake because there is. And when things break the wrong way, um, it's tough. Sometimes it's tough. So you guys are here. You're working. You're working different types of buyers. I wanted to talk a little bit about first-time home buyers. One piece of advice, what would it be? One piece of advice. One piece. I would say take your time. You don't have to and, uh the first property you see, you don't have to, I mean, you could offer on it if you like it that much, but mm -hmm. take your time. You know, it's a process. It's going to be like the biggest uh, uh, situation purchase in your life, you know, a home. So I, I love say, it. Take your time. Yeah, definitely. I had a recent client. It was a family friend of mine, and he was, a, you know, a young guy, and he purchased his first home, and, you know, I made sure that, you know, his bills were going to be, right. you know, what he... He looked at a lot of houses, too. Yeah. A lot. Until he, and he found the right one. It's a beautiful home, South Shore, Woodrow, and Woodrow. Beautiful home. Gorgeous house, yeah. And it's, you know, he wanted to be in that price range, and it makes sense for him, the two family, the income, that's half of his mortgage. So I think that's, you know, really important. Yeah, and he, and he had a great rate, too. I think it was like a, like a 2.8. Unbelievable yeah. rates. He had a, really he low had a interest great rate, rates. too. So And he took his time. He got, found the right home. Great He's rate. super happy. Yeah. So that's, that's a testament to both of your work ethics and your, your quality as human beings. You don't often hear realtors tell people to take your time and yeah. to slow it down. Yeah. And because everyone just wants to close that deal, but you have to make sure that your client's happy and you're making them happy. That's great. That's really sound, that's sound advice, yeah. folks. Slow it down. All right, Amazing. Seal. <laughs> you're up, kiddo. you got to turn and face me. Okay. So let's talk about your background. Your your original Brooklynite, yes? Yes. So whereabouts in Brooklyn? Uh, Borough Park, Bensonhurst, Dyker Heights. Another Bensonhurst, Dyker <laughs> Heights. I'm surrounded Brooklyn. over here. I'm the only native islander. Brooklyn, yes. Brooklyn's in the house. So how about as you grew up, um, any early childhood inspirations? It's a tough one about my childhood. I do. And you've come a, such a long way. Yes. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You really have been an inspiration for me. Um, and you for me. And I'm going to try not to get emotional. <laughs> but Celia has played a huge role in, uh, in my personal development. Wow. And I'm very appreciative of that. So first time home buyers for you. What's your advice? My advice is take your time. I tell them this is going to be the biggest investment of your life. Yep. It's usually a five-year plan. Take your time. Be cautious. Look. You have to pick and choose your priorities. Yep. Because you're not going to have everything on the first house that you want. So mm -hmm. you have to pick what, what's more important to you. Price, for, price point. Yep. Because at the end of the month comes very fast. Don't jump to something that's more that you can't afford. Yep. Okay. Be able to afford it. You have a family. If you don't have a family, the end of the month comes very fast. And I tell them to take their time. Look at what they're buying. 
I don't push them into anything. And that's what gains your trust. And these people, these clients become your friends yep. and it's a referral business. If you do the right thing, it always comes back to you. And that's what it's all about, doing the right thing and always taking the high road, as I said. So um, it's really sound advice. And if you break it down, so few people do this. As a first time home buyer, there's this unbelievable excitement. It's a new chapter in their life. Mm-hmm. And you're right. They want everything, right? I want a pool. I want to be close to a certain school. I want to have a full brick front or I want to have, you know, updated kitchens, updated bathrooms. I want to have a finished basement. I want to have a two-car garage. I want to, want to, want to. And take the time to slow it down. uh, Something I used to do is actually ask them to write down like the top 10 and then give me only three. Mm -hmm. What are the three must-haves for you? That's great. And after we checked off the must-haves, then let's go to the second bucket. What's the next three or four wants? And then after that, the balance of the 10, what are the kind of lofty goals? That if we can get the top three and we can get one or two out of the next three or four and we can grab one of those kind of unicorn ideas out there, you usually can land and, and like you said, uh, keep it within the price point. Yeah. Right? Ask questions. Very important. Yeah. Ask questions. Ask questions. Too. Absolutely. So uh, rates today are so historically low, as you had noted before, Frankie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important that, I believe it's important, that you stay away from, if you can, the adjustables in this market. People get uh, very hung up on what that extra eighth or what that extra quarter means. But historically, when I first got in the business, my first deal, I believe we locked the buyer in at 11.75%. And that was a good rate at the time. I remember 18. 18, that (laughs) predates me. So when you're looking at interest rates today, if you're a first time home buyer out there or you're just any buyer out there, uh, remember the context of the moment that we're in. It's not always going to be. My client took advantage of it. He got a great rate. He got a 2.75. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 2.75. 2.75. How many years? Uh, 30. 30 year fixed? Yeah. Yeah. So. And we looked at a lot of homes and he, once they found this one, they were so happy. They were so happy. They were like almost crying how yep. happy they were. And they got a great rate. They took advantage of it. And um, a mortgage lender that uh, me and Ariana work with, he gave them a great rate. Yeah. So when, took advantage when of they're, they're shopping today and they're looking at the rates and there's the lore of cutting the fixed period down to a seven or a 10 or whatever it may be uh, to grab that extra eighth or that extra quarter. Just remember folks that rates are not always going to be where they are today. And uh, to be able to lock in, whether it be at 2.75 or three or three and a quarter or two, wherever it is, historically, you have to take a look at that context. Mm-hmm. Markets go up and they go down, right? Inventory goes up and it goes down. Uh, and rates go up and go down. We've been through quite a long period now because of some of the things that have happened in the local economy uh, and things that have happened nationally. But we're not always going to be here. And the last thing you want to do is wake up seven to 10 years from now. You're in the home that you love. Everything's going great. The kids are getting older. They're headed to college and your rates jumping significant tranche because you, you you tried to grab that extra eighth or quarter up front now. So just something as a first time home buyer in particular, but any buyer out there to keep in mind. So Seal, back over to you. What, how did you become a realtor? Like what brought you into this field? You've had a, an unbelievable measure of success and we'll 
talk about, you know, some of the awards that you've received over the years, but what was it that brought you into the realtor world? <laughs> Believe it or not, I was a hairdresser. Uh-huh. Uh, I became friends with someone financially. There was a house for sale on my block when I was living on 76th Street. Okay. And it was another realtor that owned the mortgage. He was a broker. And I just connected with him. And I said, oh, my God, this is for me. Yeah. This is what I want to do. And I just gravitated to it. And it became like my... Your passion. Yeah, it was my passion. I believe in it. And I just went head force into it. So was it like the connection with working with people? Was that the draw for you? Was people. it the people? It was people. Yeah. It was people. It was the passion. And you do make people's dreams come true, especially when you get the excitement that it's their, it's their first home buy or people that are in trouble and you help them and you gravitate them through serious and, and deals yep. and get them to move on into something else. Yep the separations, everything that happens. It's all about people and skills. So this is for everybody. Do you think anyone can be a real estate agent or a broker? Or do you think no. it's there are certain traits that you have to be born with to excel in this business? I think that, um, you know, you can get them over time, the traits. Um, you know, you may not be like born into real estate. It may be a job where you've had other, you know, previous jobs and, you realize that it's for you, but I think that it takes a, like a tough individual to fight through like the obstacles in real estate. Yeah, uh, you need to, you know, personality too. Personality. You need to be, you know, very community. You know, you need communication skin. skills and whatnot. Yep. Follow you need, up. You need tough skin. It's not for tough everyone. Tough skin. Very tough skin. Very <laughs> tough skin because you have to get through a lot of disappointment and a lot of issues and a lot of situations that happen. But you go with it, you glide with it, and you try to make the best outcome for everybody yep. and do the right thing. It's Tenacity. You need to right keep, keep on hammering away, and you have to be able to put that head down at night and know that you did the right thing. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there's always another client <laughs> ready to, yep. you know, uh, really, really, you know. You're always one deal away. Yeah. So yep. you have to look be at grateful it. for you. It's like a domino yeah. effect. Exactly. Exactly a domino effect. And you always have to be in competition with yourself. You're, That's great you know? right there. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Ariana. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I got a call. I'm my worst critic. <laughs> no, you're not. You're great. <laughs> Going back maybe 15 years or 17 years, mm -hmm. I was doing primarily home sales uh, with a little bit of commercial leasing and a little bit of commercial brokerage. I had just started to dabble in land and you know, I was kind of following back then Tom, My Tom Myra's lead and he used to fax out the sheets, right? So uh, we started to, with great interest, follow how he had handled it and we had uh, started going and we would drive around in the, you know, literally 10, 11 o'clock at night when things quieted down and we would go and drive and look for houses that had big lots. And we would, back then, you had to write the address down. And then the next day, you had to go back to the office. You had to take out the microfilm. You had to literally find a slide. And then you had to put it on this glass, turn the lamp on. The glass would project. Yeah, it would project the uh, I think your plot. mom told us that one time. Yep. And then I would sketch it out in pencil. Wow. And then I would send a letter and say, hey, you know, I'm working with developers. And they were interested in this neighborhood when I was canvassing. You know, this piece became one of interest. Would you be interested in selling? So long story short, I had listed the piece and it was a Friday afternoon. It was like five, six o'clock. I got a call and it was um, 
some some gentleman had called and said he wanted to see. Uh, it was a townhouse. Back then, it was on Sharrett's Road, um, and it was listed for two ninety nine. So we're going back a ways. And it was Friday. It was after a long day. It was toward the night. And I'm thinking Friday night traffic going out to the South Shore. I was like, ugh, <laughs> I don't want to do this. And I'm telling the story because you had said you're always one deal away. You're always one call away. So I said, all right, whatever. I'll go. I went out. I met this gentleman. And he was with uh, a young lady. And they took a look at the house. And they said, you know, this is a nice house. We'll put in a, a full, full price offer, all cash. I said, oh, Okay. So he said, you know, how did you find this land? I said, well, we go out and we canvas and whatever else. He said, back then, I didn't even know what it was. He said, I have an exchange coming up and I have to spend 12 million or 14 million in the next 30 days. So I thought, this clown, right? (laughs) He's giving me an all cash offer on this house. Um, He was in ripped jeans, t-shirt, another thing. Never Never judge judge a book by its cover. So uh, he had said, if you have any deals that, that you could put together, I'm ready to go. So I said, sure. I went, I did a little homework, sourced a piece, sent it to him. It was for 86 houses on Moselle Avenue. He closed in 22 days cash. Wow. We got all those listings back, and that's kind of what launched me into that side of the business. So... In the vein of there's always another client and that phone is going to ring, you never know, never know who's on the other side of that phone, folks. Yep. Every call matters, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't advocate this next little snippet here. To this extent, it's to each his own, but I used to work on holidays all the time because I would actually go in and physically answer the phone. It was none of this you know, forward and you'd get people and it was beepers and that was the end of it. (laughs) I got a call on Easter Sunday. It was about 2.30 in the afternoon. Dinner time. My mother was flipping a lid, (laughs) right, that I wasn't home. And I took the call and I had a new construction home up in Toad Hill. It was a million one or a million two. He wanted to see it that day. So I ran out on Easter Sunday in the late afternoon and he bought it. See, it was worth your while. Right? So you, you sometimes get folks when you would least expect it. And my thought process was, if this dude wants to go look at a property right. on Easter Sunday at 4 in the afternoon, <laughs> it's got to be legit. And right? he's serious, yeah. And he was serious. Turned out to be a doctor, and he bought the house. So anyway, just a little bit of, of tidbit and insight. Those are great stories of, you know, things that I've, I've experienced over the years. Seal, I do want to talk about uh, two things in particular with you. Okay. Number one is your commitment to the community. Okay. You have, okay, no. <laughs> you, have, you have maybe the best resume I've ever seen when Thank it comes you. to community commitment. You are on every board. You are at every event. You raise money for, I mean, so many different wonderful charities. Um, Just talk a little bit about how you became so passionate about community awareness and fundraising and how, you know, you were pulled onto all these boards and how important it is to you. Again, it goes back to when I was very young. Mary Sansone became my mentor. Mm -hmm. She was part of Congress of Italian-American Organization. She was very political. 
she became my mentor and she was director of the nonprofit and she taught me and she guided me. And her guidance is what pulled me into all of that because I was fortunate because as we know, my childhood let a lot to be desired and I didn't allow, allow my childhood to repeat. So what I did is I took that experience of my childhood and I moved forward with it. And I believe that you have to give back. I was fortunate that I was given a great, I got married, I have three, God bless three children, I have six grandchildren now. God bless, I'm here. You believe in my beliefs, you support me. I just believe you have to give back. And when you give back, it's just karma, it's all about it. I live in my community. I want my community to thrive. I'm very involved in addiction. I'm very involved now in the Verrazano. I'm president of the Verrazano Kiwanis. We're going to be raising a lot of money for Northwell Hospital. God bless. I was the chairperson for the YMCA Counseling Center for three years. I'm on that board about 10 years. I'm on Community Board 3, land use. Uh, there's quite a few things I'm on. It's not that. It's all about my belief in giving back. I'm blessed that my family allows me to do this. Yep. My husband, my daughter, I never have to come home, always cooks, whatever. You need a support structure. I do have a strong support structure, and that's what gives me, that made me go to the next level. Yep. Because my life could have been a lot different. Because yep. I've seen a lot of people, what have happened to them, and I see it now to this day, and again, I'm very fortunate. Amen. I'm blessed. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> and I love true. you for it. That's true. And I love you for supporting me on my on my all my beliefs that's the that's the easy part seal you do the hard part and you know we're all appreciative for it because you have had a really profound impact on your community okay. <clears throat> um, You're making me, uh, <laughs> i know i'm such a baby Thank you. Uh, all right so awards oh. hall of fame realtor realtor of the year what what is it that sets you apart that there, there's a literally a handful out of the thousands of agents on Staten Island. There's literally a handful that are in the Hall of Fame. <clears throat> there's literally a handful that have, I don't even know if there's any that are in the Hall of Fame and had Realtor of the Year. What sets you apart? What, is, what has made you just such an unbelievable agent? I always try to do the right thing. I've been hurt by other realtors. It, it's just the name of the business. Uh, realtors, real estate is not such a great, how do I say it? You could take the realtors, there's the stands-up ones, and then there's others. Like in any business. Like in anything. Maybe I'm not saying the right thing, but the bottom line at the end of the day is I just try to do the right thing. That's all what it's about. And it comes back. Yes, I believe it comes back. Yep, without a doubt. It does look, it's past belief. We've seen it, right? What do oh, we yeah. say? No. Yes, we have. Your. Karma. Worth. It's all about karma. <laughs> yes, Amen. James, know my worth. Know your worth. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. It took me a long time to know my worth, but I do know my worth now. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's, Is that it, bad? No, no it's it, great. It, it's wonderful. And it's, you, you had said earlier, you're your biggest critic, right? So the hardest person to face in the world is you. Mm-hmm. When you're alone and you look in that mirror, some people would say God, but in the, you know, actual touch and feel world it's you when you're there and you're you're alone with your thoughts and you're looking in that mirror it's hard and sometimes we set standards that are so ridiculous that we 
um, contribute, unfortunately, to knocking ourselves down. All the time. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's a balance between that and trying to make yourself better. Right? It's a fine line. Yeah, it's a scary world, Frankie. You're gonna, as you come in, you're going to see over the years, it gets tough, baby. <laughs> He's looking at us like, oh, boy. <laughs> it, it doesn't get too much no, easier. That, it, you know, it, it tests you, you know. When it you does. When you hit hard, you get back up, you know, and you keep going. That's it. Look yeah. at me at this age. I love I'm it. I'm my worst critic, but I try every day, and I try every day to strive to do better. A lot of people don't like it because they don't like the Celia, that Celia's going like. The Celia you've become. Yeah, they don't like it. And you know what? You're not a friend of mine then, right? That's right. right. They should always support you. That's right. And if they don't, they're not for you. That's that right. Very well <laughs> spoken. So, all right, because I'm going to become very, very emotional here in a minute if we don't switch topics. <laughs> Why? You know how I am. She has come and met her. For, for <laughs> how everybody thinks that they know me, that's not who I am, right? So no. I wanted to talk about technology a little bit. So we grew up in a very different world. For me and Celia... As I had just said, we would go back on the microfilm and you're looking up on the thing and you're sketching it out. Copies. You know, beepers um, were the big deal. It was if you were rocking the Motorola, you were a player in the real estate game back when I was, Frank's <laughs> laughing, right? Back when I was really getting my feet under me. You guys grew up with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for you guys, it's been uh, a bit of, not a bit, it's been a profoundly different uh, adaptation rate. For us, it's been, it seems like every time you, you kind of get your feet under you and you feel like you have a good handle on what's happening with social media and, and with technology, there's a new app, there's a new way of doing things. It's, you know, do you guys experience that? Is it become just second nature for you or? Yeah, just it's easy now. Just easy now. Yeah. It's just, he's making his own websites. He's knocking it. Yeah, yeah. I had my own website. I just made Two weeks ago. What's the address? Let's get it out there. www.frankdematinarealestate.com. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you can go on that. It's made it. I made it in probably like a week. One of my buddies helped me, so I did made the website and I linked it to all my social media platforms. So. So you're using the hub and spoke approach. Yes. Very nice. Yes. yes. That makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. It it really is a great way for like people to. Like, for me to get my name out there and, you know, people go on my website, look me up. Um, you could put in your email address, phone number, name, and I'll, I'll get all that information and I can just engage with people. Connect them, baby. Yes. That's it. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> for us, it's been a much slower burn uh, and, and to continue to adapt and evolve. That's why we're in the podcast studio right now, right? We're trying to continue to deploy the technology in a way that we can connect with our clients and connect with our customers in a, a more efficient way, in a, a way of scale, and to try and be a little bit different and to try and stay ahead of the curve. Everything is like social media today. Yeah. Everything, you know, people people go on Zillow to find homes, they go on Facebook, they go on Instagram, all so type of social media platforms. So, I mean, once you really master the social media game and, you know, you learn how to run ads and all that, you know, it just comes easy. It's about clicks. Yes. Right? 100%. 90, what is it, Pete? 90 what percent lead of, of home sales lead to a, a start with a click? 91, 91 or 92%. That's so crazy. Right? How far and how fast this game has changed. Yeah, it's evolving. Over 90% of all property sales begin with a click. Yeah, yeah especially first-time home buyers. I forget the exact percentage, but 
a lot of first-time home buyers they for, they find their first home online, and they may click your um, your picture and your name, and they'll see all your reviews. I after every purchase of um, a home, I always ask my clients to review me, and great reviews lead to you know potential clients using you and trusting you throughout the process. Love it. So never um, before has there been a more relevant time where digital assets and social media is important, right, with coronavirus. And I'm, I'm like, we're all kind of tired talking about it, but I feel like we do have to, to touch on it. So for Ariana and Frank, you guys have never experienced uh, a market shift like this because you're younger. But for me and Celia, you know, 9-11, Right, 2008, Superstorm Sandy. 13. Right, you know, now coronavirus. We've had our share of, of lumps as we've moved through our careers, but it's made us stronger, it's made us better, it's made us smarter and more efficient, right, in our approach and how we do things. So, you know, what advice would you give to, let's start with home buyers now. What advice would you give to home buyers now is where hopefully emerging from, from the coronavirus pandemic? Is it a good time to buy? What's happening out there? I would say it's a good time to buy. You know, rates are low, mm -hmm. so you take advantage of that. You have a low rate. Um, houses are going quick. The market's still pretty hot right now. I don't think it, it died down. I think it's still pretty steady. It's pretty hot. Um, houses are going quick. You know, I, I, I was working with a client over the weekend. They sent me about four homes that all the four homes were in contract. So, you know, the market's pretty hot right now. You know, if, if you're looking to buy now, I would say take advantage of those rates. And houses are going quick, so schedule some tours. So to your point, <clears throat> Frank, in I'm looking at some some recent Cyborg stats here. Mm -hmm. August of 2020 versus September of 2020, the average day on market was 127 days back in August, and it plummeted to about from 127 to about 106 days in September, just mm -hmm. one month. That's a pretty significant drop. Ariana, what would you say to home sellers out there? A good time to sell? Uh, I think it's a good time to sell. At least get your property on the market. Um, they are still somewhat, you know, getting th their, you know, price. their money, their price from what they're asking. They may get, you know, a few thousand less. But I think that a lot of people, you know, are, are buying right now and it's a low rate. So if you have the down payment, you know, stop renting and purchase your first home. Start building equity. Yeah, absolutely. So to your point, September 20 versus September 2019. In September 2019, the average list price was 705593 September of 20, on the heels of a global pandemic, we went from 705593 to 729643 Not much. Yeah. So... You know, year over year in, uh, in uh, what is still proving to be a, a challenging uh, world to navigate just because we're not we don't know. Right. I think we all can't wait for this election to be over, mm -hmm. you know, as a as lot of people are scared. They're unsure. They're not, you know. Yeah. They're not positive on what to do. So as the election comes and goes, you know, uh, as professionals will adapt Right. We'll we'll make sure that we are aware of whatever the new policies are and how they may or may not impact our clients and we'll advise accordingly. Mm -hmm. 
So for us, it doesn't make a difference really who wins. You know, it's just we want to know the rules so we can guide our clients accordingly, right? Absolutely. In the right direction. Absolutely. So um, interesting uh, seal oh. in the sold listings. So we talked about some average price and we talked on, on days, but in the sold listings, I thought this was interesting. So for this month, 2020 <clears throat> over 2019, we had in the 300 to $399,000 price range, a 20.7% increase. In the four to 499, we had a 27.9% increase. And in the half a million dollar plus, we had a 2.4% increase. So that three to five market is just absolutely on fire, right? And prices are appreciating. And even the 500 plus market, we're holding our own. Now in the new listings, we have in the four to $500,000 price range, an increase from 103 new listings in 2019 to 118 listings this month. And then in the $500,000 plus range, we had, this is a huge jump. We had, a, we had 384 in 2019 for this month, and we had 492 in 2020, same month year over year. So we're seeing this trend. Uh, and we had talked about this a few months ago, the stats were skewed because even though Coronavirus happened, um, the clock didn't stop stop ticking, like all those houses that we couldn't close, and we couldn't show and we couldn't sell, like nobody pressed pause. They counted all those months that the houses were on the market, right? So it's, that's why a lot of clients is they'll they'll say, this house has been on the market 150 days. And I say, well, you know, at a time we couldn't show. Right. So take that into consideration. Yep. You know, there has been a lot of activity on the home. It's just we, we couldn't, you know, get into the homes for a while. We were limited. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, again, having a professional and being able to take a look at the stats and analyze what's really happening there. It's not enough, folks, to just look at some top line numbers. You have to dive in. You have to understand what is the support? What's happening with the absorption rate? What's happening with the, the amount of product that's being listed? That number versus the, the, uh, the unit count that's actually being sold in that specific price range and taking into account, of course, things like when the clock, you know, people don't realize because you would think, of course, they stopped the clock. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, they didn't count when we weren't allowed to sell right. because some of the numbers overall year over year are down a massive amount. We're still down year over year 20.7% from 2019 to 2020 because we lost basically 25 to 30% of the time that the houses would have been on the market, right? So we have closed that gap and, and we're headed in the right direction. Uh, but without the clock stopping, to you know, the tick, it is what it is. So uh, we're actually, I can't believe it, we're already pressing up here. We've been on for like 50 minutes already. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about or any other advice you wanted to get out there before we wrap? It's a good time to buy, we think, here in Staten Island. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Right? Mm-hmm. Staten Island is, has proven, uh, once again, folks, through all of these crises that we've dealt with, if you're looking to close your eyes and hit a grand slam, don't buy here. If you're looking for steady growth, rock solid through good markets and bad, a constant appreciation, Staten Island is the place to be, and we've proven it 
time and time again, and we're proving it again right now. Did Other, you say that? Right? Yeah. Staten Island holds steady. The community holds steady. The people, we're all together. We're in everything together. Staten Island stays strong. We are a small borough, but we do stand strong. We've always, through every crisis, we've stood strong, and we do stay strong. And now is the time to stick together, and we will get through it. And we're going to... People are going to stay, and they're going to buy, and we're going to sell. Yep. Mm -hmm. We're just strong, and we are family-oriented. Yep, we really are. Absolutely. We we don't get enough credit, credit for, you hear about, the, because of the context of Brooklyn and the being the shadow of Brooklyn and Queens, the Bronx, and, of course, Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Not true. With you us. know, you had just said, we're a small borough. We're a small borough here, but as a city, the density and our demographics, I think we're 11 or 12 in the country if we were our own city. So we've got tremendous buying power, and we really do stick together here in Staten Island. We get a bad rap, but this is a, it's a really great place to live. Just One like, thing I've yeah. learned, when things get tough, everybody sticks together here, and we do help each other. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Whenever like, there's a crisis. Just like um, during the pandemic, before, like right when things were really closing down and you couldn't leave your house, um, at Ariana's, we did a food drive. Yes, mm -hmm. you did. So we did a food drive for four days straight. People yep. come up to the window, give them food. Same thing with Hurricane Sandy. We did a uh, food drive. For we, those in need. Yeah, we, we donated. Were, we were giving care packages. So we... It, it was a tent out there every day. People came from 8 in the morning to 11 o'clock yeah, at night. Yeah, you were there. I was there till yeah, after I Thanksgiving know. with <laughs> you. That's where I met you. <laughs> we take care of our own. Yeah, first responders, yeah. uh -huh. they all deserve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what gives us the cutting edge, and that's what makes us different mm -hmm. over the outer boroughs. I yeah. agree. We're a strong, tight-knit community. Yep, Staten Island's strong. Amen. That's right. Anything else we want to add? I will say before I came to you, everything I did was on paper and it was on faxing. Boy, did I get an education. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and you know what? Even at this age, I got a great education. Because we used to fax everything. Mm -hmm. Waste of paper. Waste of paper. Big waste. From we have to all evolve. the technology, yes, technology, email, everything is through email. We do it together. Yeah, Celia is learning a lot. She yes, is. I Especially am. Especially from us, too. We yes, I am. Emails, everything. I yes, it. I am. If you can't find anything, you just search it on your email and you, you pull it right up. Through paperwork, It's I would be lost with paperwork. Yeah. Like James says, it's a team. Yeah. It's more than a team. It's yeah. a family mm -hmm. and it's working so. together and being together. At the end of the day, that's what counts. Helping one another out. Absolutely. Always being there mm -hmm. for each other. Well, yes. thank you guys. I love you all. Thank I appreciate you, you guys appreciate coming and spending Thanks, some time with me. Thank you. Everybody out there, uh, keep the comments coming. Keep the suggestions coming. And, of course, stay safe.